0: thing is I got the espresso maker and it can only make I think it can only make six cups at a time but I guess it could make less but I don't know the right ratio I only know how to make six so I have six cups of espresso in the morning and instead of a cup of coffee in the morning and then I have another cup of coffee in the afternoon uh, and then I can't sleep at night but I do the espresso all the way in the morning and I do have another cup of coffee, so I think that maybe it's probably not the espresso.
1: Yeah, and with me, I also have that problem where I am just up late at night in this new year thinking what are what are where are we going with the Mandalorian?
0: Uh-huh.
1: what what direction
0: is And what's that? Oh, sorry, yeah, Star Wars. Yep, mm-hmm. Yeah, Star what- Wars. What?
1: How can we? Where are we moving forward from this? What are my yeah. big takeaways from this? That's. I I think we're in the same spot. Um, yeah. In terms of staying up at late. um
0: mm-hmm. Why Due I mean to. Bad?
1: In bed.
0: I just can't. Uh, go sleep.
1: With the covers tucked in. Mm-hmm. Nice and nice well, and cozy.
0: In. That's the danger zone. I don't want to be tucked in in case uh, somebody comes at me. I want, to be, so I want sad. to be able to attack.
1: Yeah, that's so sad. Uh, that's that's the that's the life. I think of you it know. More
0: as, yeah, you know, knowing how many outlets are in a room and you know, quickest path of escape. Things like that. Check Pedro your corners, boys. Pedro boys. Chapter eight. Wrapping this up real good, Pete. Before we get into The season finale of Mandalorian, I have two items here.
1: Not the series finale. Everybody. Don't worry about it. It's coming back.
0: Yep, fall twenty twenty.
1: Fall twenty twenty.
0: Johnny F. milking Twitter for everything. Um over the holidays, I did get to see some old friends to include friend of the pod, uh Michael, whose apartment we um Stayed at during Star Wars Celebration. He was on the, our, uh, our big interview episode where we got a very big interview on that episode. You can hear him on that. Uh, I did get the chance to catch up with him. He wanted me to extend to you, Pete, uh, the following. Tell Peter he stank up my couch so bad I had to get a new one.
1: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So...
0: That's a uh, one item off of the agenda. Let me just cross that one off. And
1: let's let's not continue this because yeah, sure. I'll say something that's a inappropriate and this is a family fr- a fa- a family-friendly podcast and B will hurt Michael's feelings so much that <laughs> no. he will go into rehab. So, great. That's great. Second item. Yeah, second item. Oh, the first one was so good.
0: Wrapped up Mandalorian, and we are gonna get it out, I swear. But everybody's been asking me since launch, uh, because I'm difficult to talk to, and it's hard to come up with anything else to say to me, whether or not I would recommend getting Disney Plus. And I feel like now is the put up or shut up time. You know, it's easy to say, oh yeah, Mandalorian, but that's eight weeks out of you know a 52 week year, and now. I, I don't know. Now it will now will be the time to figure out whether this uh, streaming service is is worth paying for month to month because there's not gonna be new Mandalorian every week. What well, I was gonna ask you, Pete, is are there have you been watching anything else on Disney Plus that our list that you'd recommend to our listeners now that Mandalorian is done?
1: Well I think this conversation is a little premature because Josh, I think you and I are both people that are not paying for Disney Plus for the first year.
0: Sure, yeah, we have Verizon.
1: So, the financial cost, like this, is just like uh, That's free, not everyone. Sh- right? So for for me, people who
0: don't have Verizon.
1: for me, the it's it's just a free cost. I'm not even thinking of it as a burden on myself.
0: Yeah, that's be- more a question about recommendations of other stuff on Disney Plus than it that- is the fiscal analysis of the streaming <laughs> platform.
1: That being said, I have consumed Star Wars Rebels.
0: Oh, that's right. Yep, yep. Yep.
1: I used it to watch all of the movies beforehand. Yeah. And then the venturing I have done past Star Wars, mm-hmm. the Jeff Goldblum stuff is by Dan. Hated That's it. I was gonna... My dad was like, wow, what a loser. And then... And that
0: show is the best.
1: And I got super depressed by watching Encore, which is a show that takes people that were in a high school mu- musical like 15 years ago, 30 years ago, and uh-huh. has them reenact it with all of their friends.
0: Hmm. But and that made you sad
1: uh, yeah because people that did high school musicals their lives didn't get better after high school mm. so it's like
0: as opposed to people who did not
1: yeah so it is <clears throat> very very depressing and they don't sugarcoat it at all mm. like it's, it's real bad so mm. I can only watch that a little bit but <laughs> other than that I'm sure there's stuff on there that's okay
0: I think Hi. Jeff Goldblum's show is fantastic. I have been watching it. I have this week off. I've been watching it every morning with my six cups of espresso. Now I'm all caught up, but there are more than eight episodes. And this week, there's going to be an episode on coffee, and I'm very excited for it. But after that's over, I don't know. But then we got Clone Wars coming and stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, it. I have all Clone Wars and Rebels on Blu-ray already, so I shot myself in the foot there, but... I suspect a lot of people, now Mandalorian is over, may be finding themselves discovering Rebels and Clone Wars, particularly with that last shot. Um, So yeah, you want to get into it? I don't remember the name of this episode. I just remember it's chapter 8. Redemption. Ah! Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course, of course, of
1: course. So... The official description of this episode is The Mandalorian comes face to face With an unexpected enemy So
0: Which isn't necessarily true Because given the immediate cliffhanger leading into this Is the most expected enemy Don't call it Bozita
1: Yeah, I mean
0: But, you know
1: He didn't didn't know Moff Gideon was still alive though or they all thought Moff Gideon was dead apparently and executed for war crimes Right. which is true. just like who did they kill then if they didn't kill Moff Gideon
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and what is capital punishment in the New Republic yeah but these are questions we're never going to have answered
0: no well and you know who was it the New Republic that executed him or some Mandalorian remnant because it sounds like something did go Poorly for Mandalore there. Who knows? Yeah, but we we pick off in the pick up in the immediate aftermath of the cliffhanger here. This episode was di- directed by Taiko Waititi, which I think is is fairly abundantly clear in the uh, terrific opening we get here with these two scout troopers, Jason Sudeikis and Adam Pally. I don't know that they actually played the troopers, but they voiced them. Uh, got a kind of extended comedic intro here. Um, Jason Sudeikis just flushing his career down the toilet. by yeah. punching, punching Baby Yoda. He'll well, they b- they both pu-
1: they both punch Baby Yoda.
0: Do they? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think Jason Sude- Sudeikis has social media because I was trying to find him to yell at him and uh. I couldn't find it, so I had to go to his wife's account and then ask his wife why his her husband did that yeah um i was having a conversation with a mutual friend of ours who was on the podcast before our relationship expert tom Mm. and he said that he was actually disappointed in this um scene because he thinks that it was trying to humanize the stormtroopers The scene was And then they brutally murdered Adam Polly and Jason Sudeikis. Which Mm -hmm. I can kind of see where he's coming from. But I also don't think that this show is very deep. And that this is literally just a funny scene. And then you get an immediate payoff after they hit somebody that you have learned to love. And then they brutally murder the two people that hurt baby, little Yanni.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think just from a greater view of the Star Wars universe, I've always been interested in, like, Rebels and Clone Wars in particular. We'll go into it in vague ways like this of creating a disparity between the Army of the Republic, the Clone Army, and the Stormtrooper Army, and, you know, the different stock that they're working with. And... The idea that that stormtroopers are just sort of rank and file folks i mean like you see han solo join out of desperation and like that this is a, a grand military force of technological terror but it is manned by just whoever and that is you know one of the defining characteristics of the military might of vampire, i think and so i enjoyed this scene i like how upset bill burr gets about being called a stormtrooper. Um, I think it just flushes out the fact that no stormtroopers ever shot anyone. We get a similar kind of nod in in the last week's episode of Resistance, when Niku has a line about, I've never seen stormtrooper armor protect anyone from anything. You know, I, I, I like poking fun at it. Um, I also, yeah, I liked, I liked the scene quite a bit. And, I mean, I'm just happy they brought the IG droid back for as small amount of time as it is.
1: Yeah, um, the nursing droid. Uh,
0: and I, I'd be curious how it plays if you watch these two, last two episodes back-to-back, back, like boom-boom in one stretch, because, I mean, this is um, arguably the most comedic the show has been, and it immediately follows up the most uh, tragic the show has been, with Queel's death at the end of the last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah. So it is a bit of um, a palate cleanser. Interesting, interesting choice in putting it there, but I enjoyed it. Uh, And then we follow up with our intrepid heroes stuck where they were before um, in that bar with the windows blown out. And Juan Carlos Mazzillo comes up and says, oh, um, my weapon I'm going to use on you what well, you're trapped here, is this massive exposition bomb, where I know everything about everyone, and I am going to reveal all of that right now. Uh, which was cool. Uh, it was nice to verify that Pedro Pascal did, in fact, reveal the name of his character, like, the day after The Mandalorian came out.
1: Yeah, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I think people just didn't believe him because the name is so
0: dumb. <laughs> yeah! Um, and, of course, now that we're living in a post-episode 9 world, we do know that that is not his real name, and that is not who he really is, and he is actually Boba Fett's nephew, and it is all connected, and that is why he is special and good, because of who he is related to, so don't worry, that information will drop soon. I really liked finding out Cardoon was from Alderaan. I thought her, like, um, oh, there's Imperials there, I'm in, was, like, unexplainedly gung-ho, and I enjoy that we got a little extra nuance on that, and like now it does make sense. Like, oh yeah, no, I'll, I'll murder anyone because I'm from Alderaan.
1: Yeah, and for listeners that don't remember that off the top of their head, that's the planet Princess Leia's from, and is the only planet. Well, I guess Jeddah um, is one of the planets that the Empire destroys, um, mm-hmm. specifically the one in New Hope.
0: Right. Um, Interesting because my girlfriend Kristen reminded me is not supposed to have a military or at least what Leia tells Tarkin before he blows it up so they're they're peaceful, they have no military presence. So, I mean, that just makes Tarendra's character all the more interesting. You know, she's from a peaceful planet, a passive planet, not militaristic planet, and, you know, how do you react to your entire world being blown up in five seconds? And... How do you react when you join up to defeat that enemy, and then that that enemy is gone? Well, in the le- I, I think it paints a really compelling picture of that character.
1: Well, in the legends, they also have some people. They explain that yes, it is a peaceful world, but that doesn't mean that people aren't cons- haven't conscripted themselves into the empire. So there are right. people from Alderaan that are in the. Um, that are stormtroopers and then when they find out their planet's been exploded they go absolutely berserk Mm. Um, I'm sure that we'll get this through a comic at some point Um, that like she was a teacher or she worked in the peace corps or something and then she finds that out and then like murders every stormtrooper that's near her and she's like I'm pretty good at this And then just continues. So. That was cool. I hope
0: uh, hope you're not the one to write that comic.
1: Oh. Alright. We're just (coughs) being extra vicious today. I'm really... Oh, (laughs) Oh, she's like a teacher or whatever. (laughs) Alright. And mocking me. So, uh, we also have grief Karga explained. A little bit. What
0: info did we divulge on him? He is a disgraced
1: magistrate okay and then um we get the huge reveal Mm -hmm. that further complicates Mandalorian does not help at all that um that Mando is a Mandalorian but he was not born on Mandalore right and that Mandalorian is Mm -hmm. not a race which does not make sense Mm-hmm. It is a Creed, and then yep.
0: Grief Cargo's like. Back to and
1: then Grief Cargo's like, wrong movie. I'm Creed. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I'm 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 Apollo Creed. Shut up. And then they just move on from there.
0: Yeah. So uh, it does it does introduce an interesting fold because. I mean, we've, we've had the Mandalorian culture established in, in Clone Wars and Rebels, and it, by all accounts in those shows, is a race, or it's a planet populated with people who consider themselves Mandalorians, and they're not all warriors. Um, so I, I, and you know, a lot of the things, I've spoken with people who had um, trepidation about some of the stuff introduced in this episode, but knowing that Dave Filoni's behind it, I you know i have all the trust in him that he will um take care to make sure everything adds up but it is it is interesting that you know he does drop that it's not a race it's a creed is he just speaking to his own relationship with that identifier that he the mandalorian is not a mandalorian through race but through creed is he talking about it at large and is this a recent development after the purge that they keep dancing around where clearly mandalore was uh beat up real good by the Empire for as the client says resisting their expansion. And is it is it something like in the in the post purge world, where perhaps they no longer have a home world, did it evolve into a culture?
1: Well um, they also do a a flashback.
0: Yes. And yes, they do. in the
1: flashback what
0: Deathwatch Death, if, Watch, Death Watch is the one that rescues them who is a, a Mandalorian extremist group. In the Clone Wars era, if you haven't seen that show, the planet Mandalore is a pacifist planet. It's an unaligned planet. It is not on either end of the war. And their leadership is like, no, we're leaving our warfaring ways behind, but there is an extremist sect of Mandalorians during that time, led by Pre Vizsla, voiced by John Favreau. Uh, and they're, you know, they, they are trying to keep Mandalorian Warrior Ways uh, intact. And that is who shows up to save Dijin D- jerick whoever his name is. Uh, and they have, the, they have the sigil. That's the identifier there. It kind of looks like an M or a mm-hmm. W or whatever it is. That's their neato Death Watch logo. It's no Poe Boys logo, but it is, you know, I worked. I knew who they were. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, part of me is like, is his stupid creen and the whole not taking your helmet off something that was created afterwards as a survival tactic?
0: Right. That's sort of what I'm leaning towards.
1: Because that has to be the only explanation that makes sense, since yeah. members of Death Watch, like dumb John Favreau, shows his stupid face.
0: Yeah, he's shown his alt-right haircut way before alt-right haircut's worth and it. Then and then right.
1: his... Squeeze Bo-Katan, she shows her
0: helmet, her
1: face, all the time.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So... It, well, and, I mean, Star Wars Rebels, one of the primary cast members is a Mandalorian.
1: Yeah, and then... Whose helmet is... In Star Wars Rebels, when they all. have the Mandalorian episodes, all of those other Mandalorians show their helmets, too.
0: Right. Because
1: that would be so yeah. boring in car- in a cartoon form to just have them all never show their faces.
0: Yeah I, I, do, I think it is um, yeah some sort of reaction to whatever uh, horrible events took place, this purge that they're, they're referring to uh, div- divulging the Mandalorian's name Jinjeric, whatever it is uh, tips the Mandalorian off as to who this person is Carlos Esposito's character, Moff Gideon as I said they thought he was executed for war crimes Ah, uh, the Mandalorian reveals that he was an ISB agent. I believe he says on Mandalore, ISB, Internal uh, Imperial Security Bureau agent. Calus from Rebels was an ISB agent, um, and that guy with the fluffy white mustache in A New Hope boardroom, you're Lauren. He's an ISB agent. So that's what that is. Uh, they're sort of internal affairs. This type. they're like think, they're like or,
1: FBI. You know and they police themselves so Mm -hmm. they are the ones in charge of if there is like the loyalty officers are under the isb if there is a Mm. defection they're the one that's kind of in charge of that they're also the hunters as well so they were the ones hunt like the inquisitors were hunting the jedi and then the isb were hunting the rebels and then if they saw a jedi they would tell the inquisitors
0: Right, right, right. So, um, the Mandalorian knows that that's who that is because that's the only place that his name exists is in the in the records on Mandalore or something like that. So everybody knows who everybody is. They get a sort of you have till sundown thing. Uh, enter Big Giant action sequence. The nurse droid shows up with the little child. Very cool Inferno Trooper shows up with a flamethrower that I believe goes back to the force unleashed video game so that's exciting yada yada another standoff mandalorian gets injured the child stops the fire with his little hand and uh everybody leaves through the sewer the mandalorian stays behind he's pretty sure he's gonna die and then the ig unit was like i need to nurse you and I need you to take your helmet off. And we get the whole, I don't take my helmet off in front of a living thing. And I just like, I'm not alive, yada yada. We finally get to see the ever handsome, real, real beat up, uh, Pedro Pascal. And he just looks like Pedro Pascal, go figure. I really expected him to be wearing an Oscar Isaac mask. But, uh, yeah, it's just Pedro Pascal looking real beat up. <laughs>
1: He's looking real sad, too, like, seriously, this is the only person, this is the only thing that gets to look at me?
0: (laughs) Also, I feel like he should be, like, uh, weirdly albino. (laughs) From having... Presumably no sunlight on his face for 20 years?
1: Yeah, I mean...
0: Like a, like one of those cave creatures? He should look like a cave person.
1: A cave person.
0: Like in the first Uncharted game. Uh, I'm just kidding. He shouldn't. That would be horrible. Um, yeah, I, I you know, don't, anyway, I don't,
1: I don't agree with that tank. I think that keeping him vivacious, keeping him mm. um, market-ready...
0: Um. <laughs> yes, market ready really is the name of the game.
1: Is kind of. It's it's a it, this is listeners this is a Hollywood thing that people do, where, and you'll see this time and time again. Like look at any TV show where they're like out in the wilderness. Um, think Lost for example. They don't have showers, right? Like when they are able to bathe. They do that as a like a love scene, and yet all of them look like their hair is completely fine, that they're bathing on a normal basis. That You just have to kind of dispel belief a little bit in terms of that, and sure. the, the Mandalorian team is, at, Taika is asking us, hey, I know this doesn't make sense 100%, but just kind of roll with it, we're going to move on from there.
0: Totally, they escape from a lava river. Terminator Two happens. Big Tie Fighter crash. <laughs> I mean, look, you saw the episode,
1: you know, you know. Wow, so you were pretty down on this episode. No, I like a because like the IG stuff where I just don't he's see like any value added where he's and, connected and where he's where connecting. The death scene of IG was pretty good. The yeah yeah um. Comedy where Grief is like, do the hand thing. And then little Yanni just waves at him. That was real good. Um, that was, real that good. was hilarious. And then the fight scene between um, Grief Carga, sorry, between Gideon and Mando. Was... Yes.
0: Oh, we totally skipped the whole part where he finds the Mandalorian enclave, and the armor is still there.
1: Yeah, and then there's...
0: as she comes with Jeff Hackett's schedule.
1: Pete, I told you, I'm on schedule, buddy! And on top of that, he has his own clan now.
0: Clan of two.
1: But they don't tell him what the... I, I assume it's his last name? So Clan J- Jajara? Because they do the clans by their last names
0: yeah yeah i guess so
1: so the sigil is what the mudhorn okay that makes a lot more sense i thought it was just um little yanni's um hand but that makes a lot more sense
0: (laughs) yeah it's the mudhorn which she talks about making his sigil back in episode three and then he says no but i guess you know he's done he's had some exploits since then and, and perhaps feels he's earned it um it. All the Mandalorians, it seems, or a lot of them are dead. There's a lot of discarded armor. It
1: seems like they're all dead.
0: Yeah. Which. I guess, like, in the, when we last see them, they're like, oh, we have to leave. You're going to have to leave the planet. And they're like, yes. But this would. I mean, I guess they didn't get to. You know, or the evacuation was disrupted. I don't know. It didn't go well for them. The armor is still around, melting down all the armor, making sure it's it's still used uh, by Mandalorians, I guess. And she sends them on their way and has a very cool fight scene mm-hmm. where she, like, smashes the jaw of a stormtrooper's helmet. And that was...
1: Ugh, oh, and she... Brutal. Throws one in the forge.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So very uh very cool fight scene very tight very tight um yeah i want to talk about this whole fight between gideon and the mandalorian uh it's you know the dust has settled i haven't seen episode nine in a week you know i'm you know it is what it is it will be what it will be i guess i skipped depression and went right to acceptance or whatever i've seen other good movies since then that helps uh but it was hard for me not to compare the finale of the Mandalorian to episode nine, particularly since you know my girlfriend and I had been apart for the holidays, and so we finally got to sit down and really talk about episode nine the same day that we got to see this episode of Mandalorian and one of the two two of the big things that stuck out to me comparing and contrasting these things is the intensity of this fight between the Mandalorian and the Gideon is in and, and Gideon one man one tie fighter and um my the the edge of your seatedness of it all to me far outweighed the i don't know 50 trillion tie fighters that were um in the in the climactic final battle there of episode nine i don't know it was it this felt like stakes done right despite perhaps the math of it all on screen not adding up uh this felt more intense i mean obviously it's it's smaller scale so that sort of helps but i just i don't know it was more intense, it was more exciting, I felt more invested. Um yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed this. I like Gideon's TIE Fighter and all that.
1: So Gideon um, goes down, and then he gets himself out of the TIE Fighter with Final shot the Dark Saber. Yes. Which is a lightsaber that is black, it is Yes, from a, um, a Mandalorian Jedi that was stolen by the Mandalorians years later and is yeah. basically this really cool lightsaber that they've shown in Star Wars Clone Wars, Star Wars Rebels, and now the Mandalorian. Yeah. It has a bunch yeah, of so implications. It's,
0: it's, yes. it's You can find it all the way back. Season 2, episode like 13 or something of uh, Star Wars The Clone Wars. The episode's called The Mandalore Plot. That's the first appearance of this weapon, and uh, it yeah it shows up a lot. Some surprising wielders through the ages of that lightsaber. A lot of cool history going into it, and and uh, interesting implications that this character has it now.
1: It's interest means some stuff. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel I feel like this episode and the Rise of Skywalker basically closes a lot of stories on Clone Wars and Rebels off-screen.
0: Yeah, So, or implies as much, though Dave Filoni has made some comments.
1: So it'll be interesting, and in our Mandalorian recap, we'll get into this in more detail. So yeah,
0: if you idea. want to
1: reach us, Poe Boys Podcast... One last
0: thing. I know don't, I I'm don't the one on the schedule, but I do want one last thing I have in my notes here referring to that it's a creed thing and referring to my comparing and contrasting between this chapter and episode nine i will say when the mandalorian says it's a creed to me that is uh indicative of the opposite sentiment that episode nine conveys and when he says that it's very edge of spider-verse that whole movie the kind of basis of it is the main character saying anyone can wear the mask and anyone can be spider-man and the whole it's a creed thing sort of feels a bit like that in that it's you know this isn't a race this isn't a genetic thing this is a lifestyle lead you can be the mandalorian anyone can be the mandalorian anyone can wear the mask uh and it is a a welcome return to um what i thought was perhaps a theme in the star wars sequel trilogy and that was taken away from us but
1: and we okay, and we can get into that in more detail yes. later. So
0: yeah, as Pete said, I think a recap is called for.
1: Poboys Podcast at gmail.com. at Poboys Podcast is our Twitter handle. We will have one more episode of Pedro Boys, and then we will come back in the fall, which is what Jon Favreau announced with some ugly, um, like dog um I. Get, yeah, Gamorrean yeah. guard. But it was like a, it was like it was like a, like a man-sized Gamorrean guard, which is weird. Yeah, it was weird. But he's a weird guy, and in 2020 yeah. he will get his comeuppance. See ya.